Sunday Gravy. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is a podcast based on recent sermons of High Point Community Church, as well as anything else that just happens to be on our mind. If you would like to contact us, you'll find all of our information at highpointcommunitychurch.org or highpoint.community. And now on with the show. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. Today is Monday, November 6th, 2023. Can y'all believe it's already... Yeah, sorry, my microphone got bumped way down there. Is that better? It yeah. was really quiet. Um, <laughs> November 6th, 2023. Can y'all believe it's November? It's Crazy. insane. Two yeah. weeks. Two weeks to Thanksgiving, right? Yep. Two weeks. Ish. Let's go. I'm hungry. <laughs> it's lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're coming to you to review Sunday, November 5th. 2023 and anything interesting happen with you guys over the weekend no yes yeah no you why are you always point at me you are you waiting on my next old lady you, thing to come out you whittle anything this I did, weekend? no i did a, <laughs> i do have uh my next project plan just so you know mm. um i did a breakout room this weekend that was fun really yeah do you is, like those is that old lady-ish do you know like, that's can not i old break ladies. the trend no it's not Oh. Was it one of those Christmas? Have no. you seen that they're doing a Christmas now? No, I have not. But now I want to. What? There's what? A, like they do Christmas the breakout rooms. Break yeah. out of the North Pole or something? I, I guess. Really? I don't know. I, I haven't seen that. I don't like breakout rooms, so I didn't research it. I'm going to have to find this. Why don't you like breakout rooms? Why don't you like breakout rooms? Mm. Escape rooms, we should say. Escape rooms. Breakout yes. is, a, is a brand. Yeah. I mean... Unless it's the India shop in Gatlinburg, I don't like throwing my money away. <laughs> what? It's not. The India shop. It's so much now, fun. Why do I say the India shop? What is it? China Bazaar. China Bazaar. <laughs> India shop with Century Plaza. Yes. That's for all you 80s folks. Yes. Same concept, though. No. It's, it's very different. Well, you can, it's very different. It's where you can get weaponry. No. They didn't have weaponry at the India shop. Yeah, they it was, did. You it just was wore it on in, your clothes. It was <laughs> incense and Grateful Dead t-shirts. No, you, you got that wrong. You smell it all the way through the mall. That's where you could get spikes and you could get all kinds. Man, you, no, you just wore your weapons. You're That's thinking all of a different store. Yeah. Next next door. Look, <laughs> do not doubt the king of the eighties. Come on. <laughs> um, no, we did one uh, called Bomb Squad. Oh yeah. So it was like your bomb squad, and it's your you know fifth mission or whatever, and you got to not only do you have to locate the bomb, but then you have to figure out how to disarm it. So that hmm. was fun. That's interesting. Yeah, a lot of figuring out what the code is to open the lock, and mm-hmm. there was a black light involved. It was a lot of fun. You know, I. I do enjoy a good like mystery dinner party, like where you got to solve I've the mystery. I've wanted to do one of those, but I don't. But I don't for some reason. I don't enjoy escape rooms. Really? Yeah, it's hmm. same concept, but I think it's a little bit more. I know they're both like uncovering a puzzle, but mm-hmm. for me, that right there, an escape room is more. I don't know. It's more of like trying to figure out the Rubik's cube. Yes. Versus following leads and and stuff, Picking you know, up clues, yeah, clues, yeah, yeah. One's a lot of like, yeah, I see what you're saying. My only rule about a breakout game or a escape room is that it can't be too close to reality. So no like kidnap scenarios, no airplane scenarios, no like. I got gotcha. you. None so of that. So basically, the more elves and the more yeah. So like, I'd be down for the Christmas one. That sounds characters. like a lot of fun. What was yours? <laughs> A bomb something? Uh, bomb a bomb squad. squad. Yeah. I drifted off there for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> a bomb squad. And you're de- you're defusing the bomb? You find the bomb first. And then you, you have to figure out where it is, and then you figure out how to defuse it. Is it is really? a time, like the bomb's going to go off if you don't find it by a certain yeah, time? Okay. Yeah. So um, I have a tremendous fear. I've actually had nightmares about this. Really? About having to defuse a bomb. You know, there's like those... In movies where people are like, you cut the red wire or the green wire. Do you dream about that? Yeah. <laughs> That's fascinating. And like, because I'll, I'll look at it. <clears throat> I don't know. For you anyone, know they have robots for that now. For, for, for anyone who's ever put uh, the ends on Cat5 cable out there. <laughs> I know there's a bunch of you. 
<laughs> the fact you said cat five yeah. and you're not talking about actual cats. No. So, <laughs> but it has all these different color wires and you have to, well, I'm red, green, colorblind. I think we've talked about that on mm-hmm. the podcast, yes, right? Okay. Have. I can't remember. But often, anyway. Often. Okay. Just so you know, like colorblind. I have, but I have nightmares about that. There was one movie where a, a guy's trying to do that and he's doing it underwater. But because of the water and the lighting underwater, it's really difficult to tell what. I can't remember Ooh, what movie I it is. I do remember that. It's like, is that green or, or is that is that blue or is that purple? Because he was using like one of those glow sticks yeah. and he couldn't tell the different colors. Was that that yeah. movie, The Abyss? Is that what movie I it was? I think you're right. I think you're right. Mm, I never it saw It was that. one of those where they were trapped down deep. Yeah. Like that, yeah. And he's got a glow stick, you're right. Uh-huh. And because of the green light of the glow stick. He couldn't tell which one was it's which. like, I can't tell if it's green or brown or something mm-hmm. like that or blue or brown or whatever. I never saw that, but I did see the Guardians of the Galaxy where they put Baby Groot in charge of the bomb, and that was pretty funny. That was funny. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I always have. Yeah. I've had nightmares about that sort of thing, though. Mm. And I, it's like in the movie where they go to cut it. And then they're like literally cutting into one wire, and then right at the last second, they let off and switch to another. Switch to another and snip it. That <laughs> just takes anxiety levels to it. Do you do you watch a lot of movies or shows like that? No, not really. Hmm. But I just have those those images stuck in my mind. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Are you a MacGyver fan? Not really. Yeah, MacGruber. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I was trying to sit here and think about what I, what I did this weekend. Last night we had the Bucks versus Geezers game. Is there anything yes. else that y'all was going to talk about? Not really. Not really. We had Bucks versus Geezers. That was fun. Mm. Had a good turnout. They raised a good bit of money. Yeah, the Geezers won, right? They always win. They always win. But <laughs> I will say, in honor of the Bucks, <clears throat> this Bucks team. They had them. They had them beat by. Oh, I yeah. think they had them like ten or fifteen at one time, hmm. and then just let them come back. But this was the closest the Bucks have ever come to beating yeah. the Geezers. It took nice. a exceptional amount of home cooking last night. <laughs> How? Oh yeah, that's true. I, I don't know where was, they got I figured those they referees. Had some, some help. So it's part of the bit, you know. Is like, mm-hmm. you know, part of the bit is if the Bucks win, like it's going to have to be like they're not. They can't just win, you know. It's like. That we really bring to life the meaning of if somebody wants to know what it means to beat that team and the refs, then they yeah. need to come to a Bucks versus Geezers <laughs> yeah. game. Like, get, like, get, uh, uh, I mean, it's worth coming to the Bucks versus Geezers game just to hear your intro mm. to each one of like give them an example of do, uh, what you would yeah. say about a young buck, and then what you would say about a geezer because you're, okay. you know, with when you're playing the young bucks, you're you're playing this soft old person music, no, and stuff. Uh, you're trying to downplay them. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The book, the books intro. Let me see if I can find it here. I've still got my thing. I can pull it up. Yeah, here we go. So the the books intro is the. Um, I call it Skin Rinky Dinky Dink song. You know that? <laughs> mm-hmm. the How is that ner- not an old person song? <laughs> That's not. It's a nursery rhyme it's, song. It is. Yeah, it's for like preschools. Preschool. <laughs> yeah, so I play that. Okay, I'm sorry. Both of my kids learned that at some point and would sing it in the car incessantly. So we play that. So that's a nursery rhyme. And then oh I do goodness. I do all of their introductions in like a real monotone voice. Mm-hmm. Like last night, here were the first two. Um, so, you know, I would get everybody fired up and – Kind of excited, and then the first one would be like, first introducing for the books, standing four foot two inches tall, he has a perfect face for radio. Please welcome Ryan McNeese. <laughs> so all of them are like like that. Over-exaggerate how short they are, uh-huh. and then when it gets time for the geezers, it goes up. My favorite one actually last night was my son's. It was standing three foot 11 inches tall. His personality has been described as a vibrant shade of beige. Please welcome Bray Wingo. <laughs> That's rough. So we go through all those, and then we flip over and turn on the Chicago Bulls intro music mm-hmm. like the real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's so good. It gets everybody fired oh, up. Just that fired. music. Like I wish lights? we, I wish we had the lights, man. If we oh, had yeah. the lights, yeah, that'd be great. And then, uh, so it was, uh, you know, the first couple of those was, you know, you get everybody fired up, and it's. Uh, you know, you ready to meet your 2023 high point geezers, you know, that kind of thing. And then it's like when it hits on that first one, 
and they would normally go at guard, you know, that kind of uh-huh, thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's boom is like standing six feet, 11 inches tall. He once <laughs> killed two stones with one bird. Please welcome <laughs> Jake Ringstaff. That's pretty good. Yeah. And I like this one because this guy has a big, thick beard. Oh, yeah. Boom, I, I like that one. Standing Scott six feet, Peters. nine inches tall. This man can charge a cell phone by rubbing it against his beard. Please welcome <laughs> Scott Peters. So, I love it. Yeah. So I just got tons yeah. of those yeah. in both directions. Insults oh, yeah. and essentially, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, exaggerations. Got a bunch of those in the hopper that we use. Nice. And then during the game, the refs get into it, you know, like like a David Walker. You know, he just like. So animated. <laughs> animated. He gave, and he'd be like, he gave one geezer an extra free throw because he looked like he was tired on the first. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time out there, David's like, <laughs> call a foul. And they're like, and the and the book's like, what? He was like, he's got to go to work in the morning. <laughs> it's it's home cooking. That's pretty oh, good. It's, oh, hey. And in spite of all of that, the books were still up at halftime. <laughs> it really was bad. It was I bad. Was bad. At, I some point, at some point, somebody was going to have to uh, take Talon Laird out of the game. Oh, for them I know. To have a I know. Exactly. And uh, so yeah. I was one that of the kid, refs. That kid and was I had, hitting everything in the first half. Oh, oh, he was crushing it. Yeah. Um, I, so I was one of the refs, and I had one of the geezers come up. And this is literally what he said to me, because I'm the pastor of this church. He comes up to me and goes, oh, look, this is a pretty serious game. I said, <laughs> okay. And he goes, just remember who ties to this church. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And then I had I had a few that were like, hey, what's your Venmo? Well, you know. <laughs> One of my jokes. One of my jokes every year is uh, when I'm introducing the teams is I'll introduce the geezers as the home team because they paid for the building. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like it. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good I like one. it. Yeah. And then I introduced the rest last night. Joe, Joey's introduction was I left the hots off, but I go uh, from the day this man was born, he's kept a thorough diary. We know it as the Guinness Book of World Records. Please Let's welcome go. Joey the Thrill. Let's Hill. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I, uh, it was all, uh, you know, and just in case somebody's listening, they have, what are y'all talking about? Geezers and bucks. Well, we do a basketball game where we raise money for our student ministry mm-hmm. on their trips, and we take the old geezers and they play against the uh, young bucks. And so that's why it's bucks versus geezers. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, even if you don't go to this church, it's worth coming. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. like a dollar to get in. They have amazing concessions. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's really good. That that caramel popcorn last night. I need night to know if there's any caramel popcorn left. I'm guessing not. There is at my house. What? Just saying. I'll trade you for hot chocolate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did you make it? No, but I will. I uh, better. <laughs> Okay. Tiffany makes homemade hot chocolate mix. And brings it to the office. During the holidays. Yes. Yeah. So Christmas mix. It got cold last week, and Joey was like, where's the hot chocolate? That's it. Swiss Miss isn't going to work. That's it. Y'all like hot stuff? I love hot stuff. Mm-hmm. I got something for you then. Mm. Say what? We walked right into that segue. Yeah, that was a segue <laughs> right there. <laughs> All right. You asked for it. You got it. Mm. South Carolina pepper expert scorches his own Guinness Book heat record. You know what this is about? What's the hottest pepper on earth? Is it the ghost peppers? No. Is it okay. X or something like that? Pepper X? It is now. That's new. Is when it? did you hear about that? Did you just see a I headline? I may have seen post? the headline. <laughs> she saw the headline. <laughs> Tiffany Cheech scours yeah. the internet for everything. You're supposed to be caught off guard by this. Yeah, not. That's Again, the point. I spend way too much time on social media. Mm. All right. Ed Curry, C-U-R-R-I-E. He's from South Carolina who crossbred and grew the Carolina Reaper. Okay, yeah. That's the That hot, was the hottest? That Carolina Reaper that's hotter than most pepper, pepper sprays has a new pepper that's three times hotter, named Pepper X. But how long has it been a thing, though? What? When, when did he do this? I mean, uh, I know he just got the record, but when did he make the pepper? Uh, the, They just named it on October 9th by Guinness. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, they just classified it on October 9th of this year. Okay. So 
Uh, I'll read you a little bit of the article. Ed Curry, the South Carolina hot pepper expert who crossbred and grew the Carolina Reaper that's hotter than most pepper sprays uh, police use to subdue criminals, has broken his own record with a pepper that's three times hotter. Pepper X was publicly named the hottest pepper in the world on October 9th by the Guinness Book of World Records, beating out the Carolina Reaper in Curry's decade-long hunt to perfect a pepper that he says provides immediate unbearable heat. <laughs> I can only Why imagine. is that a quest? <laughs> Why? It my, goes into my goal it. is to inflict pain. I on don't myself. get it. Like I don't mind a little bit of spice in my food, but if it's so spicy that I can't taste the food, I'm out. He had to try it himself when he's in the process of perfecting this thing. Yeah. He says, quote, I was feeling the heat for three and a half hours. Then that's when the cramps start. What? Mm-hmm. He's on, he's one of five people so far to be able to, to actually consume an entire pepper X. He said these cramps are horrible, indescribable. Like muscle cramps? I was cramps? laid out flat for approximately an hour in the pouring rain, groaning. <laughs> like went outside because he couldn't control his bodily functions that's and like laid a, in the rain. That's like a dude voluntarily <laughs> saying, I'll pass a kidney stone. Like why in the world would you, would you do that to yourself? I don't get it. Uh, so, you know, do y'all know anything about the heat scale? A little bit. Matt's into like the peppers and the spicy stuff. Yeah, so hot he, sauces. That's why I asked because I feel like I've heard him mention pepper X. I barely yeah, like I jalapenos on my nachos. Yeah, right. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a heat yeah. guy. I'm not a heat guy. Yeah, so, like the mild at Buffalo Wild uh-huh. Wings is almost too uh-huh. much for me. Uh-huh. Yeah, heat, no. <laughs> heat and peppers is it's measured in Scoville Scoville units. S C O V I L L E. That's named after someone mm-hmm. as well, but Scoville Henry units. Scoville. I yeah. So zero is basically no heat. A regular jalapeno pepper registers at about 5,000 Scoville units, okay? A habanero that was the – you know, habaneros were the world record holder for 25 years before we started crossbreeding peppers. (laughs) 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 Crossbreeded peppers are basically the the, uh, equivalent to, like, you know, (laughs) teacup pit bulls or whatever we got out there now. (laughs) (laughs) I may have just made that one up. (laughs) <laughs> but no, you know I'm what I'm sure saying. That does Somebody's exist. doing it. Somebody's doing Somebody it. Somebody somewhere. Somebody is sick and doing that. I tell yes. you what I want. I want a German Shepherd I can hold in the palm of my hand. <laughs> I, I want to put the Great Dane in my pocket and carry him around. <laughs> He's got to fit in on my carry on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't why why does everybody want a dog that they can clip on a keychain? <laughs> like I don't understand that. I don't either, man. We have one. You know, we have a a teacup multi poo. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's tiny. It's mean, just funny a, hearing you say that. I have it a small dog, tiny. but she's like fifteen pounds. Oh no, our like, dog our dog That's tiny. Oh yeah. Our dog full grown, four pounds. Mm-hmm. Mine was four pounds, like as a like y'all puppy. Have, y'all have to watch out for hawks. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> it has happened before. <laughs> uh, the habanero was the world record holder for twenty five year. A habanero, by the way, with a regular jalapeno coming in at about five thousand Scoville, a jalapeno normally tops out at about a hundred thousand Scoville units. Mm. The Guinness Book of World Record Carolina Reaper, one point six four million Scoville. Mm-mm. Pepper X record, the average, they have taken average across across multiple peppers is how they average it. The average of it is 2.69 million. Mm-mm. So how do you measure that? By com- I, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. By, com- uh, com- by comparison, pepper sprays that police carry, mm-hmm. if you were to just ingest it directly, would be about 1.6 million. So it's not as it's it's right around what a Carolina Reaper would be. This pepper would be two to three times so, hotter. So how is this? bear spray is two point two million units? So this is hotter than bear spray. Okay, <laughs> that would make a grizzly run for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to try not to let this digress into an episode or not a scene from a Dumb and Dumber, but <laughs> okay. uh, but like. How is that even legal? Oh, yeah. Like, if somebody had a heart problem or whatever, you could 
That could be. That's well, a that's, we- like, that's a weapon. That's like restaurants that do challenge, like food challenges involving spicy stuff, have to do waivers, don't they? I you guess. Get, like you have to sign waivers to participate in these things. Like, how is that not a weapon? Yeah. Like, so here's here's how they do it. Is uh, they the scov- You ask how is it measured? Yeah, yeah. Scoville units are measured using the original. It's called organoleptic test. So the, the element that's inside of a pepper that makes it hot is an, is a particular type of oil called, and I'm going to butcher the name, it's C-A-P-S-A-I-C-I-N, capsaicin, mm-hmm. capsaicin yeah. oil, something like that. Yeah, they actually use that almost like lidocaine for like when you have like pain, like muscle pain, joint pain, they that, use capsaicin. And that's what gives numb it, it. That's what gives it a little bit of the burn as mm-hmm. well. So that is the element that actually causes burn. Hmm. And so a lot of people don't know this, like, but the pepper itself can't hurt you, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just can't. There's not a pepper on earth that could hurt you, um, according to like this guy. What he's saying, he said, in order for capsaicin oil itself to hurt you, you'd have to consume pounds of it mm. at once. Well, mm-hmm. there's like tiny amounts of it in a pepper, right? right? Right. So what they do is they extract the capsaicin oil from a particular, and I know I'm butchering that word. I apologize for any of you pepper freaks out there. No, but, I think uh, you're saying it right. Okay. So they extract that from the dried out pepper, mm-hmm. and then they use those samples to figure out uh, how many times or how at what percentage it has to be diluted to basically get rid of its pungency hmm. or, hmm. or its effectiveness. Hmm. Interesting, and that's why they give it a, and that's how you give it a Scoville rating. That's interesting. Very yeah, so there is science behind it. Well, the reason science. I was asking about about like how they measure and stuff like that is because I wonder like how do you determine like I guess that maybe they use that scale to determine the the lethalness of something. Like, well, but that's let, the thing. Let that, me tell you. Let me tell you why I'm bringing it up because when I was in Egypt. Like my brownie's dad, my father-in-law, he is a huge pepper guy. When mm-hmm. I was in Egypt, I bought some pepper, like you know, like it was in a little bottle there, mm-hmm. little pepper sauce in a bottle, and didn't have a name on it. Just had a picture of the devil on it. That's all it was was a picture of the devil. And I thought <laughs> that sounds like something come out of one of them pepper palaces, uh-huh. yeah, something, <laughs> something, right, or whatever, yeah. And so anyway, I bought it because the guys, the guys, like, oh no, that is that is hot, that is very hot. <laughs> Your, your father-in-law loved that, you know. So anyway, so I get it, and and I go, I you know, I'm headed home. I put it in my luggage. Well, while I'm at the airport at customs, they stop me and they remove the pepper sauce and they say this is banned in America what? and they throw it away. It's it's not because of the heat. It's, it's because, because of what's in it. It's because it's organic material, just like the lady member that got stopped with the. Oh yeah. The. Was it elephant poo? Elephant poo? Are you telling me there's Giraffe elephant poo, dung in... No, I'm just saying because it, <laughs> because it has organic material yeah. in it. It's plants. It's You know what I'm saying? It's organic material. So you can't bring organic but, material from another country. No, like I that. had other sauces in there that I brought too. They took that out. They said, this right here is banned, and they threw it out. <laughs> You're going to sit here in front of God and everybody and tell me that they stopped you in the airport and said, Americans can't handle this heat. <laughs> Exactly what I'm saying. No, exact- it had it had to be an ingredient that was in that. Maybe, one. maybe, maybe. But my my point is is like because the way the way I was led to believe that this was this had this had had bad reviews or something, and and they decided no, we're not going to allow that to come into America. We're the authority on peppers. My homeboy in South Carolina is yeah. holding it down. He knows what's up. Okay, he knows what's up. Good for him. Mm. He's the one. He invented the Carolina Reaper. Well, get this, though. He makes the Guinness Book of so, World Records, and suddenly he's Blake's homeboy. Yeah. I like it. So <laughs> you, you want to hear something crazy? This article This article is extremely long. It goes into all kinds of details about the science behind it, but it also goes into details about how when he created the uh, Carolina Reaper and he named it and he put it out there, and then people were like, yeah, this is hot, and he like, Shit, once he created this pepper by crossbreeding other peppers mm-hmm. and he shared those seeds and stuff like that, like people started ripping off that name. Some people weren't actually using, even using Carolina Reaper. Mm-hmm. They weren't actually using that pepper itself. They were just creating other hot things like sauces and, you know, chips yeah. or whatever else. And they weren't actually using Carolina Reaper pep- 
Carolina Reaper peppers, <laughs> but they were basically they were stealing his name. Mm. That he, you know, what I'm saying it's like intellectual it's like property, a trademark right? Issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's one thing that led him to. It took him ten years to create a pepper that was actually hotter. Like he he tried so many different variations. But the reason that he was doing it is so that then he could still say, okay, I still ha- – now now I have the world's hottest pepper again, mm-hmm. but this time he's keeping it on lockdown. Oh, in other sure. words, if you want to say you have pepper X in whatever, then you got to come through me. Mm. And he's doing it for his family's sake. Well, yeah. Sure. To reward his hard work. Sure. Yeah. Of, you know. Who else is out there breeding different peppers? <laughs> <laughs> you put that habanero in that ghost pepper, and that <laughs> you can't let them out of your sight. <laughs> you put them in that Tupperware bowl together, and you get that humidity just right. <laughs> you, you get that humidity just right. Give them a nice warm blanket in there, and. <laughs> This episode is going to need a children in the car warning. Oh, Earmuffs. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, Joey said it. <laughs> Don't breed. You're over there talking about multi teacup pit bulls. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> anyway. <clears throat> oh my gosh. So how are we going to segue? I don't know. <laughs> that wasn't obvious. I was waiting for Blake to say it. Go oh. ahead. Speaking of being in touch. <laughs> She's the worst among us. You, what? Yeah, I don't know. She's <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just, just hit something. Hit anything over there. That was awful. <laughs> She's the, Tiffany. Worst, the worst among us. Tiffany. You hired me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You know, when people get old, they just lose their filter. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one who's lost my filter. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. Whew. So, that was the title of the new series we started this Sunday. In Touch. I don't know if In I can touch. move on. I don't know if I can move on. How mm. much Charles Stanley stuff did you rip off for this series? <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> Had you not even thought about that? <laughs> None of that is Charles Stanley. Oh, I, I didn't it. even listen to him. I know. I'm just saying that was the name of his ministry, In Touch yeah. Ministries. Oh, that's okay. A, okay. <laughs> I that's know. Funny. Obviously, you hadn't even thought about it. That The, the name of his ministry was In Touch Ministries. Oh. Yeah. I did not know that. Anyway. Yeah. And the title of the sermon for <laughs> yesterday, for yesterday, was Fair. Do Not Touch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we we need to get into the. Yeah, we need to restart. You started, you started talking read the Bible. about. The, Let's just read the Bible. The first uh, sense of you. You were talking about the sense of touch, but you talked about the first sense of the first sense developed in infants being the sense of touch, and then pretty quickly into the message, you went into the story about the Romanian dictator and mm-hmm. decree. Yeah, you want to give like a like a shortened version of yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. This this kind of went on between the '60s and the '90s, and there was a dictator not named Ceausescu. Um. He was. That's got to be mispronounced. Ceausescu. <laughs> same thing. Hey, look it up. But for the record, I for the record, I looked it up. It's now I probably don't say it as clear. All right. Do you, give, give Ceausescu. Me, tell me how to spell it. Tell me how to spell C E A U. S E S C U. Nikolai. Nikolai. That's it. Nikolai Ceausescu. All right. Hold on. pronunciation. <laughs> Here we go. I want, first of all, <clears throat> you say it. Uh, Ceausescu. Ceausescu? Ceausescu. Can you use it in this sentence, please? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Here we go. All right. All right here we go. Ceausescu. So a little bit more chow. Ceausescu. 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 So I'm saying che, and it's really chow. Ceausescu. No, you're saying ceausescu. <laughs> 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 I 
All right, sorry. Anyway. I should have said Nikolai, but everybody would think Russia, so I just went. Mm. I said his last name. Yeah. I'm not scared. So I'm sorry. You can proceed with the story. I'm done with that. <laughs> Was he proven wrong? Okay, anyway. Um, so Nikolai, uh, he... He decreed, it was called the Decree 770, he enacted a law that basically banned any contraceptives for women until they had at least four children. And they were required by law to have four children by the time they were 40 years of age. And the law added a 30% child tax on any couples who did not have children by the time they were 25. Mm -hmm. And so in a span of a single year, the birth rate in Romania rose 13%. Now, you might say, well, why is this Nicolae Ceausescu doing this? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because he believed, he wanted to up the industrial um, production of the country. And so he believed the theory to, to up the GDP, um, you had to increase the population. Mm-hmm. And so that was his whole mindset. And, that, and as long as he was dictator— um, and he didn't get kicked out or deposed until 1989. So you can imagine uh, the birth rate in that place. And so um, as a result, it was horrific. Uh, there were the, – the country was just overrun with children. Right. And they had to create these little institutions run by the government where these Romanian children were basically in orphanages but run by the government. They had government workers and that kind of thing. So basically it was um, – the ratio was 20 babies for every one worker. Imagine that. That's a lot of babies. I mean, one mother and one baby is enough. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So 20 babies for every worker. So these babies were lying in the cribs for hours, crying with no one to pick them up or anything like that. And they've been there's been books written on these children called The Children of the Decree, and they've followed mm-hmm. up on them, see how they turned out and stuff. Um, but because it was a state-run media, nobody really knew this stuff was going on in Romania. And then when he was deposed in 1989, it all hit the news about these children. Mm-hmm. And so it was in everybody's living room, especially here in America. And that that started the boom, mm. especially in America, but all, as well all over the world, where American families were adopting orphans from Romania. And that's where all that came from. And a lot of people didn't know that. Yeah. I, when I started, I got saved when I was, it was in 1988. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I accepted the call to ministry in 1990. And I remember having friends in the ministry who were adopting kids from Romania. Mm. And that's so, crazy. You think about playing the long game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to impre- increase production. So we're going to have a bunch of kids who can work in about 20 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, the, and it 15. also it also come from, and I I couldn't get into all this on Sunday, but <clears throat> oh, the reason behind that was was because they believed that if you didn't coddle kids, that they they would actually be better, just be more productive forces. adults yeah. later on because yeah. they could they knew how to get through harshness uh-huh. and tough and stuff like that. Yeah. And so what happened was was when he was deposed, um, all these. Analysts went in, researchers went in, and what they found out, it was just the opposite. Mm-hmm. That the less touch that they had, the less hands-on um, that they had on these kids, the 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 least less productive they were as adults. Right. And so, um, so that those infants that because I I told the story of a couple of professors from Harvard that went over there, that invested money in this one. Um, Orphanage and got it from 20 babies to every one worker down to four babies for every one worker. And then they measured those kids for a year. And then at the end of, well, I'm sorry, they did that for a year. And then after a year, they measured those kids against all the other kids from other orphanages. And it was like the performance physically and behaviorally were, it was like the kids that had four babies to every one worker had more hands on, more physical touch was far greater um, and on an entirely different trajectory. And in fact, those children were adopted quicker than the other kids mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the, just their behavior. Right. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Yep. So just the whole thing kind of pointing to the importance and uh, – or not just the importance, <clears throat> but the how detrimental a lack of touch is. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of people don't realize there's just so much study done on this, and mm-hmm. I am not an expert by any stretch – but I mean, I don't know. Did you guys know that the right kind of touch can lower blood pressure? Mm-mm. You ever heard that? Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that it can lower lower heart rate. <laughs> did I you did. know that? I didn't know that. 
Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that uh, paramedics paramedics are trained that on the, in a tragic scene, like especially when somebody's in shock and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they're trained to put their hands on them. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's more than just hear my voice. It's they put their hand on their shoulder. It's grounding. Like, it's it, 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 there's power yeah. there. It I have heard lo- of grounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's and then it also uh, they've done so much research as far as like uh, human touch also raises cortisol cortisol levels, mm-hmm. which can impact the um, what do they call it the the hypercampus of <coughs> hypercampus mm-hmm. of your brain, sure. which ultimately is where we get our emotion. So you're actually in a better mood when you have human touch more mm. than if you don't. Mm. So, and then there's a ton of research being done right now where the power of touch is, they believe is going to be able to replace certain medicines. Mm. Just like that re- daily regiment of touching and stuff. Yeah. So. Mm. And that brought you to kind of what you said, two questions that were really kind of the point of the series. Um, one is, is my life touched by others' lives? Mm-hmm. And then second, who around me is being touched by my life? Yeah, yeah. And and I'll say this too, like, you know, ultimately the reason we're doing a series like this is because we do live in a world that's becoming more and more comfortable with being reclusive and withdrawn. And I think, uh, you know, it's become, you know, socially acceptable to simply not be social. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. social media has replaced social gatherings. Mm-hmm. Texts have replaced live voices. You know, devices are becoming the way we experience our world, and not through uh, human touch. And I and and I wanted people to understand that 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 comes at a great cost. Yeah, I, I really do believe that right. uh, there's there is a, there's not only physical and emotional, but also spiritual sensory deprivation going mm-hmm. on there. Right. Like the Bible is very clear about being in touch with the body of Christ, being in touch with each other, loving each other, doing life together, community, fellowship, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where this is coming from. Yeah. 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 I think it was really, I mean, obviously, I know, talk about this at some point, probably multiple times, but it was really apparent uh, during the pandemic, you know, cause we, and this is something we talked about internally mm-hmm. a lot was, you know, because the, the goal of putting your resources out there for the, the body of Christ for the, your local congregation. And then anyone outside of your congregation that may want to utilize for their, you know, sermons and things like that. So like streaming media, right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's all, that's for a long time been a goal of the local church, uh, for, you know, for the last, 10 years for sure, probably 15 or 20 years, that's been a pretty pretty big goal of the local church is to continue to progress in that area because we see some of the fruit that comes from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when we got forced into that in the pandemic, you know, then uh, we put in a place where it's – and I just remember us talking about it internally where it was like, you know, we had kind of held back on some of that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we have a streaming initiative that we've been raising money uh, to pour into that over the last, you know, 10, 12 years, or not 10 years now, but um, anyway, seven years, Mm -hmm. six, seven years, we've been Mm -hmm. raising money to pour into that. And we had kind of held back because when we did it, we kind of wanted to make sure that we did it in a certain way and did it in, you know, in a way that we felt like. We didn't want to send wrong messages. Right, Yeah. right. And so, and some of that is equipment related. Some of it is having teams that are built out. That's a right. big part of it, all right. that. But I just remember us being in the middle of that and thinking and talking about it. It was like, man, like, there, the, it, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't at least one element of me, like in my heart in that moment well, when we were walking through that, that one piece of my heart saying, man, what have we been chasing here? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. not and not to devalue that at all, and I and I do mm-hmm. think that there's tremendous value in that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But um, there was at least there was like an element of conviction there, yeah. Of like, and I'm not saying yeah us specifically, but I'm just saying the capital C church. Period. Right. Right. Like, man, what have we been chasing here? Because man, at the end of the day, like we saw the detrimental effect. Locally and all, and you know, we we seen it in our church to some degree. We seen it in other churches around us mm-hmm. to a degree, 
but we but we saw it in the capital C church to a great degree mm. the effect of the body not being physically present with one another yeah and yeah. having that that physical interaction yeah so, there's so many categories in the world that you know exemplify and glorify and actually empower people to be what we'll call it's almost really like a do it yourselfer type culture you know mm-hmm. like and and i mean there's been a lot of you know, box companies that make a lot of money off do-it-yourselfers, you mm-hmm. know, and, but there's that sense of like, you know, you can do this yourself. You don't really, you know what I'm saying? You don't really have to go to church. You can sit at home and get what you need. You don't mm-hmm. have to go sit there. You can sit in your pajamas and get done what needs to be done. And while that's true in so many arenas where people are missing it is, is in that, uh, that human connection, that human touch that comes with being a part of the body of Christ. And, and I think what you're trying to say, Blake, is that when we were when we were looking at the streaming initiative and we were looking at, you know, offering the more, you know, the the live streaming option and stuff like that, we didn't want to send the wrong message um, because we did have reservations mm-hmm. about um, the potential of putting something out there where people are like, oh, so now that High Point, you can watch High Point online then they're basically saying, you know, I don't have to be there. Yeah. And so, and I mean, there's a lot of people that would take that and we didn't want to send that. We didn't want to send that message. And we certainly wanted people to, you know, we wanted people to know that if we were offering it online, then, then basically it was because we, we wanted to, we, you know, we have a lot of people who travel for business, for vacation, for mm-hmm. whatever, and we wanted you to be able to still stay in contact with us and still worship with us, right? You know, and uh, so, so yeah, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I think that that is something that we'll continue to investigate and research, mm-hmm. and I think when we're ready to pull that trigger, we'll pull that trigger. But a lot of people ask us, like, when, why don't, yeah. why does a high point have like a an online streaming service when yeah. so many other churches do. Right. And it's not that we're trying to, you know, it's not like we're trying to, you know, like, oh, no, we don't, we're not treating yeah. it like it's Halloween. We're just yeah. saying, like, we're, we're just being cautious about it. Yeah, and yeah. it's certainly not that we couldn't. Like, you know, there's, there's, in your, to your point, you know, there, there's reasons that we, that we don't, that we're not currently doing it practically. And then there's also reasons that we're not doing it, you know, more, I guess. Yeah. Methodology, I guess. We make sure right. when we yeah. do it, we're doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So f- not just because it's cool. Yeah, and <laughs> and on both sides, from a from a doctrinal or a theological perspective, but also from a yeah. from right. a practical right. perspective, like hands on. Yeah, exactly. And I would say most churches who are doing it have weighed those same options as well, sure. and sure. said, "Hey, the pros far outweigh the cons." And yeah. and and I think that we'll get there too. We're just a little bit slower. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that brought us to our text, though, mm-hmm. which was Mark chapter one, verses 40 through 45. Right. Um, uh, do you want to, I don't know if you want to read these or we can work through them as we touch on the different points. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. But it, it is the, the incident when Jesus was confronted by a leper mm-hmm. to be healed. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first point was uh, you talked about the untouchable hand, and that was from verse 40. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says a man le- a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Yeah. The first the first note that I wrote down was the leper realized that he Okay, I wrote that backwards. He realized that he didn't <laughs> didn't just need to be healed but cleansed. Yeah. 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 Um I think to understand what it means to be an untouchable hand, <clears throat> um, I think it's important to note just the horrific nature of leprosy. And I'm not going to get into the goriness of it, but it it's pretty it's pretty gross, and they have to literally wrap them in dead shroud, you know, shrouds of of that they would wrap dead people in mm-hmm. because these people are wa- a walking dead. That's mm-hmm. what they are, and uh, they just haven't gotten there yet. And so, as horrible. As the the physical suffering was the to to me what I what I understood the worst part of leprosy being was the way the that lepers were treated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, because of the fact that 
you know, now there was a Levitical law that all Jewish people had to stay six feet away from a leper. However, um, as you see a lot with religious leaders, they do a lot of add-on rules um, to the Levitical mm-hmm. laws, and that's really what Jesus battled a lot of times with these religious leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to remind them what was actually said, but um, they had an add-on rule where um, literally um, if you had le- leprosy, it was because you were being punished by God for some sin in your life or a sin in your you know, generational sin in your family, that kind of thing. But um, it was it was bad if you were a leper, not just because you're about to lose your life, but the the final you know few years of your life, you're you're nobody would touch you, nobody get near you. You literally had to yell unclean, unclean to come into the room. Right. You, so a lot of them had bells around their necks um, and stuff like that. And so 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 all that to say, they were known as the untouchables, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, I like the the part of this particular point that I like the most was that when you got to the point where you said, um, you know, like who are the untouchables in our lives, mm-hmm. and um, you, you know, you kind of quoted somebody saying, well, like we're t- like we're thinking or t- like we're talking about someone else or thinking about someone else that's maybe done something that we disapprove of or behaved in a way that we disapproved of or whatever, but essentially we think, well, they're getting what they deserve. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and I think I think what's important to know is kind of what you were getting at is that in this the the guy didn't ask to be healed, he asked to be cleansed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he fully understood that not, you know, that he had something far greater going on in mm-hmm. him than just leprosy. Maybe he believed that he was being punished by God, you know, for sin that he committed. But here's what here's what I know is that all the untouchable people in your life, people that you have judged and said, okay, you're too far gone, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's no hope for you. Um, you have to remember that you have to get past the leprosy. Okay, I know I'm speaking symbolically now. Right. But you have to get past the leprosy and see what the real issue is, and the real issue is sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really what was going on here, you right. know. <clears throat> this guy didn't need to be healed from leprosy. He needed to be healed from sin. Yeah. yeah. And can we look through that lens is the question. That was yeah. kind of, and you, exactly. you you ended by saying, you know, have we, have we been more like Jesus or have we been more like the other religious leaders in that scenario? Mm-hmm. So can we, can we view it through those, you know, yeah. crimson colored glasses, I guess I'd say. Yeah. yeah. And, and the other caveat there too is, is, <clears throat> A lot of times we don't we can't show grace and mercy to others because we don't fully understand how far God had to go past our leprosy. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How far he had to go and forgive us. How much forgive you know what I'm saying? How much mm-hmm. forgiveness we needed. Right. Yeah. And so but it's I find it funny in my life where I have needed so much grace, so much forgiveness, mm-hmm. but how easy it is for me not to extend that to someone else. Right. Yeah. Which that that really kind of sums up the second point, which mm. was uh, you know an unselfish hand exactly. from verses forty one and forty two. Yeah, it says uh, Jesus was indignant, which um, people need to understand. That's just a translation of the word compassion. The first time I hit that word, it threw me it threw me off so uh-huh. bad. I was like, what? What? He There's was no mad. way. What? He was mad. No, yeah, he was he was basically really locked in on his compassion. Like he mm-hmm. was really moved to a deep level of compassion. So he reached out his hand. And touched the man. He said, I am willing. He said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. Hmm. Total sidebar for all our listeners out there. It's a really fun study if you go study cleansing and hyssop in the Bible. Hmm. In relation to this, it's really neat. Hyssop. Oh, yeah. Hyssop. Hyssop. The hyssop plant. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, you really kind of summed up that point there, how you ended the last <clears throat> last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third point there, you know, obviously being Jesus being the unselfish hand. And the third point, though, being the unstoppable hand from verses 43 through 45. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says, Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly 
but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Yeah. I, uh, I love this point. This mm-hmm. was this one was my favorite one. And obviously because you were kind of wrapping it up to bringing them all together, but, um, you know, just kind of emphasizing that the unstoppable nature of it, but the, the man couldn't help himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he was literally walking around in his grave clothes and now all of a sudden he's clean. He's clean. Yeah. Um, and how Jesus had, you know, told him not to, mm-hmm. but still, still he does. Uh, there's a massive, massive salvation parallel there. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah, I mean, and and no way was I implying that we should disobey Jesus, <laughs> right? Right. But that that was a good that was a good thought though. Is when Jesus told him not to go tell folks because he knew the outcome, right? Um, yet he still knew he was going to. Mm-hmm. And and to me, I, I just. I just feel like there is such a a loss of joy in people's salvation. Um, mm. um, I think that's why we've we've got to pray continually. Lord, restore the joy of my salvation, renew a right spirit within me. I feel like that is um, that is something that a lot of people, man. I, I just think a lot of people have either forgotten um, or neglected, whichever one you want to give it, you know, credit to. Um, but your faith is not alive. Like your 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 bios, the outside of you, the physical side of you does not reflect the Zoe, the the spiritual life that has been brought alive to God, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's just it, it's so easy to say that and so hard to actually live out, but I love this fact. I love the fact that Jesus was like telling this guy not to go tell anybody. It was almost like he was trying to prove a point that this guy couldn't hold it in. Right. <laughs> he was telling him to hold it in, but he couldn't. Yeah. You know? And it's so funny because now we've got our we've got the same Jesus right before he ascended back to heaven, looked at us and said, Now go tell everyone. Mm-hmm. And we all, we act like we got nothing to say. Yeah. Mm. It's almost like he issued a challenge more than a command. Hey, don't go tell anyone. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you never know. But I do know yeah. that, you know, when he goes, you know, if he when he goes and shows this to the priest, this is not a ceremony the priests normally get to perform. They probably had mm-hmm. to go look up how to perform it. You know, like mm-hmm. what are the sacrifices necessary yeah. to cleanse this guy? Because we we never see a leper get healed, you know? Right. So my favorite part though <clears throat> of this particular point though is essentially you kind of bring into light the idea of the reason that we struggle with that is because of going and telling and, you know, whatever, the, is because we lose sight of how untouchable we were hmm. or are. That's it. And so I, th- th- what you said, I wrote down the quote, and it actually reminded me of something that I said on the podcast once before that everybody got a laugh, laugh out of. But um, <clears throat> you said, quote, I don't think we understand how ugly we really are. Hmm. And it reminded me, I just kind of giggled because I thought about on the podcast one time, it was an episode where Hope was in here with us. And, yeah. I, and I said, you're way worse than you think you are. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. You know? Yeah. Like, every, quote, quote by I had, Wingo. Yeah. I've had a church member tell me we should put that on a banner and put it down at the end of the road. <laughs> you're worse than you think you are. You're worse than you think you are. That's, hey, that would get a lot of conversation. I, mean, I don't know. Like, that would, um, yeah, somebody people, people would yeah. people would either love us or hate us, and yeah. some of them would think we're okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> a Mitch Hedberg joke. Yeah, I love it. But I will say this though, you know, because I, I did summarize the whole thing when I said this that that you have when you fully understand how untouchable you really are, right, and then you realized how a powerful, unselfish hand came and touched you. Like Jesus didn't even have to touch the leper. He could have just spoke it, but right. he touched him. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, when you realize how untouchable you are and how unselfish this hand was that touched and changed your life, mm-hmm. how could you hold that in? You, An untouchable life touched by an unselfish hand becomes an untouchable hand. I mean, a, an unstoppable, unstoppable hand. Unstoppable. And, and that's kind of where it just kind of led me into like, you know, um, the leper couldn't stop himself because his life had been touched by the master, you know, and how could anyone hold that in? And that's when I was bringing up the whole song. Yeah, you quoted the lyrics of 
He touched me. You know who yeah. wrote? Do you know who wrote? He touched me. It was the Gaithers, wasn't it? It was Bill Gaither. Bill Gaither. Yeah, yeah, he wrote it. I don't know if you remember this. You probably will when I say it. There is, and not to like make it lighthearted, because that was kind of where you ended the message, really, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I was reading the lyrics. Yeah, reading the lyrics yeah. of that song, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. And, I mean, mm-hmm. that song's been like a anthem for a long time. Big and time. That, that was a. <laughs> it's funny because Mark Lowry. You remember mm-hmm. the comedian yeah. that was part of the Gaither vocal band? He had a bit on that about how everywhere they would go, Bill and Gloria Gaither, their room would be nicer than the rest of the band. Or when they were on their bus, they would have a big king size bed in the back of the bus. And whenever they would say, "Well, why does Bill? Ha- why does Bill get this and we don't get that?" Or why? Do, you know, mm-hmm. anytime you'd ask questions, people would just look at you and be like, and say, "Because he wrote, he touched me." <laughs> yeah yeah and so then he would mock mark would be up there and and in the middle of a concert you remember how he was a mm. character man, oh, and yeah. he would just like cut up with everybody and then he would just interject at any point and be like oh i'm sorry i forgot he wrote he touched me I can't, oh yeah you know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like don't come against god's anointed here right. like, kind of anyway. yeah oh that's so good mm. Yeah, and, and I think that's, you know, I think that's just so important for people to really walk away from something like this and go, okay, wait a minute, because I have been touched by the Savior, I really have something to offer other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to get that in your head. You you can make a difference in people's lives, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to, you know, this Sunday we're going to really start focusing on, look, you can pretend like you don't make an impact on people's lives, like you don't touch people's lives. But let's be honest, whether it's positive or negative, mm-hmm. you are touching people's lives. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of where we're headed Sunday. So I invite you to come Sunday. Yeah. Good stuff. I'll, I'll be there. Oh, well, good. <laughs> Lord willing there. and the creek don't rise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, man. So we got a lot of stuff coming up though. Um, well, you know, we've, done a lot here mm-hmm. recently man it's like when we got into mid-october it just seemed to it's a blur yeah like i, I just, still can't believe two weeks till thanksgiving y'all mm-hmm. two weeks. i just feel like somebody lit a stick of church dynamite it just went <laughs> off and went everywhere but we've got we uh, might have been the ones to light the dynamite yeah that's <laughs> <is> true <clears throat> so we have a uh it veteran today is coming up mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so sweet yep but as shout far as, out to all our veterans. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. We've got uh, our student ministry on the 18th on Saturday. The 18th is doing their one night event. So any students that are or any parents that listen to this or grandparents that have a student, definitely uh, you know see about that. Inquire into that. They mm-hmm. got a, they got a lot planned that same weekend though on the 19th. We're having a church wide Thanksgiving dinner. We have one service that Sunday on the 19th. So we'll have regular, normal two services this next Sunday, but then the Sunday after that will be one service at 10.30 a.m. on the 19th, and we will have a Thanksgiving, what do we call it? Family feast? Family, Family feast. feast. Right after right yes. after service that day. Mm-hmm. So we're asking people to bring a dessert, mm-hmm. and then we are providing everything else. And there will also be yes. a cake auction. That's yes. correct. Separate dessert. To raise money for students. Yeah. Uh, trip. Separate dessert. <laughs> totally separate dessert. Yeah, the cake auction is not for desserts for the yeah. for the meal. Cake auction is for you to help raise funds. Mm-hmm. Bring a cake the, or buy a cake. Yeah. And, and just for the record, because it was mentioned last night, like there was some peanut butter type treats that were sold last night at the concessions. Mm-hmm. And... I was asked, will that be in the cake auction? Because if it is, I'm going after it. So whoever it. made the peanut so butter treats. I did. No, I talked to who made the peanut uh, butter treats, and she said you confirmed. that I confirmed it. It will be in the cake auction. Mm. Nice. Mm. So mm. yes, makes me hungry. Why don't we get some in-house, though, like here? Right? We could. We could. That needs to I'll happen. make that call. That I'll make that call. As soon as, as soon as I get my Christmas mix of hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's just what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, there'll be a lot going on in yeah. December. Mm-hmm. There, uh, we've got out on our social media a thing that lists all yeah, the Yeah, and we've, if you check out the High Point app or go on our website, look at events, 
all the details, all the registration links, all of that is listed now. Um, so awesome. Check that out. We awesome. Got Anything else? Stuff. Check this out. We're going to get out in less than an hour today. What? Woo! Yeah, don't ever, don't ever say we didn't do anything for you. We'll let you out. <laughs> Merry Christmas, y'all. See y'all. Sandy Gravy. <laughs> <laughs>